everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, John Lee, who is the co-founder of PicFu. Hi, John. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Uh, doing great, Sean. Happy to be here. Very excited to talk more about PicFu. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind, please share a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure thing. Um, so my background has always been in software um, software development and uh, product creation. And so I started my career at Microsoft. Uh, there I was a software developer and also a program manager working, um, funnily, actually working on the smartphone before the iPhone came out. Um, so it was an interesting time at that time. But Indeed. Yes. Um, the day that the iPhone was announced was also an interesting time, but that we can say <laughs> For another story, um, basically, my um, I had a, coming out of school, I had always wanted to uh, do a startup with my co-founder Justin, and I think even though we went our separate ways to big corporate tech at the time, uh, we always got together for ideas, brainstorming, and so on. And so, uh, one day, you know, we just decided to quit our jobs from big tech. Um, that was a long time ago, um, but we decided to quit our jobs and jump into software entrepreneurship. So we started building, uh, we started building products for the web, uh, based on, you know, organic traffic, display advertising, various other things. We realized, we quickly realized that doing display advertising is not a fun game. Um, it's not a fun industry to be in. And so, um, we've built a number of products along the way. One of those things along the way that we built was PicFu. So initially, Justin and I were trying to figure out um, ways to get unbiased feedback and also being just two co-founders um, trying to figure out a tiebreaker. Um, and so being being the engineers that we were, we didn't really want to talk to strangers at a coffee shop. So instead, we built a, we built a tool to help us get unbiased feedback from a whole bunch of strangers on the internet. And that's what that's what became PicFu. So we built this tool, put it on the side for a number of years. Um, focused on our main business. We used it. Other people started using it. And so every year or two, we'd look like, hey, you know, more people are using this thing. Um, we're actually providing value for people over there. Um, and at some point, we decided that the side thing should become the main thing. Um, and so we pivoted our attention and started scaling PicFu. And that was, that's been a couple of years now. Very cool. Amazing story. Love it. I've uh, been there myself. <laughs> so including the story dating back to uh, technology and major changes with regard to mobile phones and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, there's so many places that I want to dive into, but the first one I'm going to do immediately, because it's one of the things you said last was eventually the side thing became the main thing. When did that happen? How did you make that decision? Um, so that's, it's been about like five years now. Um, mm -hmm. I think we just started seeing traction from so many different industries. Um, like we, you know, we had traction in in the self publishing industry for a while, and then we got some traction in the mobile gaming industry. And then the real thing, the real um, sort of spark was we started getting traction in the e commerce industry. So particularly among uh, among people who third party sellers on Amazon, uh, turns out turns out that getting um, getting real consumer feedback on things that you're selling online and acting on those insights can really increase your sales and, you know, really improve your business. Love it. Love the, uh, sounds like you're alluding to finding pretty solid signs or indications of product market fit there, maybe on the earlier side with some of those e-commerce companies. Love oh, yeah. to hear you talk a little bit more about that because I know that's a big sticking point for software founders is, do I pick 
the niche right out of the gate? Do I sell something to a broader audience and let the data decide for itself? So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about how you guys at PickFu kind of landed there. It's uh, it's kind of funny. I wish I had a really good answer for you, but uh, I think it was really more about, well, um, trying to see it as many industries as possible and seeing which ones um, which ones got the most value, like which customer segments got the most value from our product. Uh, we've always built PickFu. It's a you know consumer research platform to make it as simple as possible for anyone to access uh, a pool of consumers for to get unbiased feedback for their creatives. Um, we may, so we try to make it industry agnostic. It still is industry agnostic, uh, but just sort of trying different customer segments like, Hey, how do authors like it? They really do, you know, but, um, let's say for the author, let's say for the author segment, we were really helping self-publishing authors. That's great. We could help them judge, you know, pick book titles and book covers and help them really launch the book successfully. But, you know, it wasn't a great customer fit for us because self-publishing authors, you know, they're not publishing books on a daily basis, right? Every, maybe once every couple of years at most and so on. And so it was really about trying to find and test different customer segments and find which ones loved our product, but then uh, who we could also love back as um, an ideal customer profile. That's a really good and articulate, nuanced answer, I would say, to a pretty tricky question. Sounds simple and straightforward. I know you know it's not, but <laughs> having been down that road, like some that eventually become dead ends and turn into lessons learned to oh, yeah. a whole new path. But I think the one of the one of the things that you mentioned that is really important is describing that this is like a multivariate equation. There's a ton of different elements, right? Because there's there's segments you can ultimately find some traction with in terms of like they may love the product, but for other totally. various reasons, it may not make sense to pursue that one. The economics yeah. may not make sense there. The size may not make sense. The ROI may not be there. So there's all these other elements that I imagine that's got to have been a pretty big part of your journey so far. Absolutely. And it's really interesting um, as we've tried different customer segments along the way to sort of have that retrospective afterwards of saying, well, you know, just because a customer segment can use your product doesn't necessarily mean that you can increase traction through your efforts in that space, right? Maybe you don't have the proper go-to-market. Maybe it maybe it requires a enterprise sales motion for to get your product into the right hands within that industry. So thinking about it more than just, oh, do, does the end user like using my product? There's all these other sort of variables in that multivariate equation that you need to then solve for. And even though you solve for one product and customer, you still need to solve for all these other variables to make sure that you have that path to growth. Super well said. Couldn't agree more. There's something else you said when we started talking about e-commerce. And I like mm. the fact that you were alluding to Basically, you're telling the story about the value that was in it for them, for what your product was providing, and mm -hmm. how you went about kind of measuring that. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that in terms of what was your philosophy and strategy? How did you go about figuring out or quantifying to a certain extent the kind of value that market was receiving from your product? Yeah, um, good question. Um, much of this has been through... Um, much as this has been through sort of hindsight and reflection and, and calculation mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of solving for those variables that we were talking about, uh, I think I think the value prop was very simple for e-commerce because we can say to a we can say to someone on Amazon, um, if you split test your main image on like if you split test your Amazon main listing image on PicFu and improve it, you'll get more clicks, 
you'll get more session, you'll get more session uh, sessions to your product listing page, and you'll get more sales. So therefore, it's there's not that many dots around um, improve test on pick food to more sales, right? For other places, there might be more dots to connect. In which case, it's much harder to make that value prop. Like for example, for yep. if you're a, if you're a game developer, um, game developers use PickFu like a kind of like a digital focus group to uh, to market test different character designs or different game concepts before launching. Now, cool. I think we provide a lot of value in that situation, but it's much harder to make a economic argument at that point. Mm. And so the um, you know, it was, it's harder for us to connect those dots, uh, depending yep. on who the buyer is in that situation, right? Uh, versus in the e-commerce space, oftentimes the buyer is the entrepreneur, is the owner of the business who, and we can say to them directly, like run PickFu polls, you'll make more money on the other end. Yeah. I think you nailed it with that response because that's a tricky question to kind of answer. It's a thing, a difficult thing to figure out for any business yeah. owner, especially someone who's creating a new piece of software. And that's something that I think where I see most of the folks out there trying to do that struggle with is even if you found some type of fit, the economics piece can escape it to from the extent where it doesn't make sense to continue to build necessarily for that audience. Yes. The, yes. Those ROI concepts in terms of like it can be providing value, but if there's not a significant economic impact to it, that's going to be difficult to necessarily even potentially charge what your product may be worth. So like the value that it's providing disproportionately to right. what you can potentially generate or make from a revenue perspective, which ultimately leads to profit and all these other things to help grow yeah. your company, you know, as a proper business becomes difficult to make work if those economics don't make sense. Don't make so sense. I think you've done a good exactly. job of articulating that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I promise I'm going to stop throwing you random questions now. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more. It's fun. About... Yeah, it is. Honestly, yeah. I love it. It's amazing. I try to get in the head of the listener who I'm sure more than likely has at least some of the same questions that I'm asking, at least at the moment. Um, so yeah. I appreciate you responding to them. But I want to talk more about the product, the platform, the software. Can you talk to us a little bit more about, you know, you've already kind of described from a high level what it is. Can you talk to us a little bit more about like how it works? Like what do the internals look like? What does using it look like? How do your customers get their, their value? All that kind of stuff. Sure. So, um, I mean, from at, in a nutshell, PickFu is a self-service consumer research platform, right? Like it, we let you reach your target customer and get uh, quantitative and qualitative feedback. So we let you run short polls to your target audiences. Um, the way we do that is that we are actually integrated with a number of third-party market research panels. So these are the market research panels that uh, large CPGs like Procter & Gamble, they're the same ones that they their market research departments use and the same ones that they tap into, except that in a CPG where you have the market research team, the you know the market research department, then working with uh, an external market research consultant, setting up projects that take you know five digits and five months to complete. Um, we try to shortcut all of that with software and make it self-service. So um, effectively, we what 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 we tell our team is that we're uh, we're trying to put consumer research in the hands of the people actually doing the work, as opposed to being sort of this thing that's external and maybe I don't have a budget or I don't have enough resources to like make that request. Um, so the way the way it looks like is that you know I, I think you've played around with the product a little bit. It's literally kind of a really really simplified poll and survey builder. Um, you can ask open-ended questions to your target audience. You can ask 
uh, or you can have comparative polls, click tests of up to eight different things. Um, every single poll requires that our panelists respond with a written explanation. Um, so you, you not only learn the what, like in terms of choosing which one is better, but also the why. And I like to joke that our customers uh, come for uh, they come for the votes, but they stay for the responses, right? It's because like it's actually reading the responses where you get that insight into thinking, oh well, um, the audience preferred preferred the coloring or this package angle or something of my competitor's image. Now I have that insight to go iterate on my creative and my packaging to make it better and then test it again. Um, so right now. Our panel is numbers around, I think we're at about 15 or 16 million worldwide, mostly in the US, but then we also do allow targeting uh, to a handful of foreign countries as well, um, including Germany, UK, Australia, and so on. And so we're always expanding our panel. Um, and then we also enable targeting. So you can micro-target down depending on your target customer segment. So if you're a game developer, you can target Android, um, you can target Android mobile game players, iPhone mobile game players, strategy gamers, and so on. If you're selling pet products, you can target dog owners, cat owners. I think we have horse owners as well, horse owners, um, cool. or, and so on. So we're trying to, we're trying to improve the platform in every single direction all the time. Super cool. Love the story. Thank you for sharing. And one thing that you mentioned, I think that is really important. And I want to reinforce as well is that because I think a lot of the magic and the value lies in the qualitative element of the feedback like that. We talked about this before the podcast, we were geeking out because I do a ton, I've done a ton of user research. I've even basically done that as a service for companies because it is such a huge gaping problem in a whole host of software companies. They're, they're developing oftentimes with kind of like blinders on, they're building yes. around ideas they think are going to be valuable. And then I can find a nickel for every time I've been part of a product development team who released something to crickets. I thought I would need, I wouldn't have been meant to do anything my entire career. Right. Because <laughs> right. that problem is just that common. So the collecting the, not just the what, but the why element that you mentioned is so critically important. It's crazy. But at the same time, even for the folks that do understand that principle, especially if they have these scars to tell the stories like I do, <laughs> because I've made that mistake myself, many of us have, so we really truly appreciate it. It can be so difficult to get it, especially if you're trying to do it at scale. So I'm hearing PigFu as a potential solution to that problem, which you know is realistically just like systemic. So that um, that's critically important. I know that's something that you reinforced. I wanted to make sure I reiterated that as well too, because. It's hard to get. It's really, really important. Um, a lot of folks don't know until it's like late in the game or they've spent a lot of time, effort, resources thus far. But if you're trying to get back on track, you need that data. Absolutely. That Yeah, very well said. Uh, very well said, Sean. I mean, I think we we try to tell our customers, you know, you want to test before you invest, right? Like, in, and yep. previously you don't have that capability, but PickFu does give you that opportunity to test the hypotheticals, to test in a sandbox. I mean, we have software companies who are using PickFu to test their landing pages, their billboards, their you know their Google ads, all of this stuff? Because why wouldn't you want to know how your market's going to react before putting, you know, either launching it or putting a whole bunch of paid spend behind it? Super well said and agreed. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that as well too. The companies and the customers that you're working with now, where are they typically at in terms of when they're finding PickFu or? when you find that it's they're getting the maximum amount of value from the product is there a particular phase you know do you 
do they hop on at a certain point and then they ride with you uh, to another point? Or, you know, is this work, do you have solutions that work for folks? Are you looking for people that are testing brand new ideas, yes. concepts, whatever they may be? Are you looking for people that already have products out there, want to learn more about them? Talk to us maybe about a couple of the different types of use cases that you've seen work really well with your product. Yeah, sure thing. Um, and so um, let's say, for example, in the, we'll, we'll take the Amazon seller case, for example, like we're we're pretty well known in that space for being able to split test main images off Amazon, and we have Amazon Prime uh, customer targeting. So um, for in that sense, you're an Amazon seller, you're already selling, um, running PicFu polls can help optimize your main listing image. Uh, from all the studies out there, I think the main listing image contributes about seventy percent to the click-through rate, as compared to the title, the the num, you know, the title, the cost, the number of views, and all that other stuff that you see on Amazon, right? Amazon, Amazon, Walmart, any of those marketplaces, it's a competitive field. People click on the eye candy; they click on the thing that motivates, you know. And so, PicFu will help you build insight into understanding why people click on your image versus your competitors, or vice versa. So for an existing seller, that's an easy one, you know, optimize your main image. Oftentimes what happens is that people will, um, people will use us to optimize their existing listings. Then they realize that you can use pick the earlier you use a tool like PickFu to gather consumer insights, the earlier you use it in your product launch process, the better success, the better your chances of success are. Because like you said, if you're able to get feedback early in that creative process, that what you're going to sell is a dud then you might as well just not sell it yourself. And that applies to whether you're selling on a marketplace or you're launching a game or you're writing a book um, or you're even just starting a business, right? Like if you you can absolutely just test these open-ended concepts, like if you wanted to test a, um, let's say like a <clears throat> eco-friendly car wash for your local neighborhood, you can test your pricing packages. Like you can test your pricing packages on PicFu and sort of actually do market testing with uh, how much you would like to charge. You can test the logo of your company and the name of your company and all that other stuff. We tested our logo and our name with PicFu in the early days to make sure that, you know, that it, that it somewhat, that it resonated and it was available and so on. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. The product inception is great. I love dog fooding my own products. I love building solutions to my own problems. I think that's a part that I extracted from you telling the PicFu story as well. Also, it, it's it's great, especially when you're building your own company, when you're doing those things, because not only do you receive immediate value out of it yourself, Absolutely. but it becomes so much easier to build and sell it as a concept as well, too. You've got yes. immediate use cases, testimonials, like you created them yourself, right? You can speak to the cool. value that you got from them. A lot okay. of folks don't understand necessarily like or understand how important those can be. It's part of that process later on in later stages of development of a company like that until you get there and you don't have <laughs> then it becomes a uh, a big missing piece, right? Yes, absolutely. Super interesting. Um, so about the polls, one question that I had that I was curious about, the when you're running different experiments, um, if the same company was running, like let's maybe they're picking two different Amazon products or images, for example, to test with. Sure. If they run multiple polls, are they getting different audiences each time? Are the audiences somewhat random? Is there any kind of repeats there? Like how does that stuff work? Um, it's a, yeah, so our... Our panelists um, are served these polls on a first come first serve basis. So mm -hmm. it kind of depends on the timing. We are working through different uh, solutions to uh, make it explicitly separate. But uh, with a with a pool of 10 million people, if you space out your polls, it's very likely that you're not gonna get a lot of overlaps um, like on your, uh, on your polls. 
Um, the other thing I would like to call out on those panelists is that they are paid a small stipend. We do pay them a small stipend. Um, they those panelists are you know come from let's say the loyalty card programs or you know certain airline points miles and all that other stuff. Um, what we do when we tie them together with software is that we do a heavy round of quality control. So if you go to those panels directly and try to like there, there's a lot of gaming of the system as you can imagine when there's sort of monetary incentives involved. And so we use, um, because we have, we require a written response, we are able to use that with uh, human and ML methods to make sure that, you know, people are paying attention to, uh, people are paying attention to the things that you are, uh, that you are presenting and testing and not just writing in gibberish and so on, and, and make sure that all of them are also under an NDA so that nothing is revealed um, to the public. Very cool. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It definitely makes sense that you have to put in some kind of mitigation factors to something like that. But it's got to be, um, I built a survey for an HR tech product a ways back. We would do the same type of stuff, like throw random questions in there, like is a hot dog a sandwich or whatever. Oh, totally. <laughs> something that was like completely unrelated to whatever the survey totally, was. I mean, totally not. Not a hot dog. Yeah, not exactly, a sandwich, right? Also yes, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was kind of fun. And then you'd very easily be able to tell, you know, this is, we got to yeah. toss this out. We need to focus elsewhere, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. It, coming up with a systemic way to ensure that the quality remains high, I'm sure is critically important as well also. So that makes sense. Um, the other thing I was thinking as well too, as you're describing you know, the value proposition and how it works is it's gotta be an addictive element. I, I, I could see myself getting addicted to pick food relatively easily, especially if I'm seeing qualitative data, which is very hard to get when it comes to doing this type of testing. But I'm curious to learn more about like what does new user adoption look like for you guys? Like, do you see the occasional person that just like, comes in tries one and then does like 10 or something yes crazy. yes we do we yeah. we we do and i think we we hear that a lot from our users is that uh there there's a nice magic moment of when they're actually seeing they we try to make it easy to set up a poll so it takes like a minute or two right and then once you launch it it goes out it goes out to the panelists the crazy thing is that those panelists start responding immediately so it's almost a game of watching hey you know there's another person coming right now and yep. uh they're what are they going to say about you know what are they going to say about my website or my uh you know or my creatives or so on and it's um yeah it's it's pretty addictive the uh one one fun anecdote that i've heard is that a lot of agencies use PicFu to um, bring in an unbiased, uh, unbiased third party to uh, prove their work to their clients. So I've heard, I've heard stories of where the agencies, uh, where someone in an agency will be in a client meeting, start a PicFu poll, and because most polls finish within half an hour, they'll start mm -hmm. a PicFu poll at the beginning of the of the meeting, put up like their new work versus their clients like their clients existing thing. And then they just both sit there and watch as as people. That's so cool. You know, yeah. I love it. That's so cool. That is uh, very interesting. I could totally see that being the case as well, too. So it's essentially yeah. like you've got customers using it to sell their services even yeah. as well, too, for the yeah. core work that they do, uh, which you know could be very helpful in order to have that feedback speaks to the value that even they're delivering. Super interesting. Um, yeah. Awesome. This is uh, really, I could talk to you about this forever. I've got one more question for you uh, before we talk kind of next steps from here and where people can go sure to thing. learn more. And that's basically like, what's next for PicFu? I haven't asked you the most obvious question of 2023 yet, but uh, which AI elements are you planning on adding into your platform, of course, um, if that's something you've been thinking about thus far? Absolutely. Uh, but just in general, kind of like what's next for PicFu? Where do you guys go from here? Um, so... 
we have a we have a lot more to build. Um, so one thing that we are um, one thing a lot of customers have asked us before is the ability to do multiple questions, like do a full surveys rather than just polls. So right now it's been just polls. Um, we are we'll be launching that soon enough. We've already integrated AI. Um, we we have a heavy integration with AI into our product, and so what we believe is that. Um, on PickFu, when you run a poll, you can you can poll between 15 and 500 people. And mm-hmm. that means you get 15 to 500 responses. Um, now, they're all really high in-depth responses, but it can be a pain to read through 500 individual responses mm-hmm. and then have to hand code them and try to draw out insights and so on. So we actually built an AI summary tool, which automatically is applied to every single poll, uh, which then reads through all the reads through all the responses, summarizes them. Um, gives you a three a three paragraph executive summary, breaks down the pros and the cons, and so on. And so that's just like a nice AI assistant. And so we're definitely planning to do a lot more uh, related to AI supporting um, AI supporting functionality. I mean, we we would like Pickfu to become sort of your smart market research assistant, right? Whether you do it yourself or we help you with it. Um, <clears throat> so we have a long way to go. Very cool. Super exciting. I love that use case, by the way, that that's got to help quite a bit, especially for folks who just kind of want to know what the patterns look like here. I can yes. definitely see uh, different different groups of folks wanting to read every response, others to be like, just give me the broad stroke. So it's be really nice to have totally. access to both. I imagine that probably saves them quite a bit more time. And then that might, that time savings probably enables them to roll that into running additional uh, surveys as well too. Yeah. One other One other one that I neglected to mention was that yeah, along with those those AI tools, we actually have a um, kind of a beta feature where you can you can uh, chat with your poll, so you can actually oh, chat with the results. Cool. And we've seen some really interesting uses where um, authors will test book title, authors will test test book covers and book titles, uh, get the responses, then ask our AI to help generate based on the responses. Ask AI to help generate a couple more in that vein, right? Or ask AI to help suggest like what are the next steps to improve these options and these uh these variables so that they would test better on the next iteration and so it's been really interesting seeing some users that do is that. so cool yeah. i've heard about that use case and this is an excellent version of that i think or so uh, basically you get to interact with the bot but based on the data for the poll that you were running right yes, so you can kind of exactly. like the super cool that's awesome so like the substance that it's using to help answer your questions or help you figure out whatever problem you're trying to solve comes from basically the data that came from the poll. Exactly. So basically gather use PickFu to gather human insights, use yep. AI to help you process them and sort of iterate on those insights. And then that gives you sort of the next iteration of things to work on. Very cool. I love it, man. That's super exciting. I'm looking forward to playing around with it. I've created my account and I'm definitely going to run some polls. All right. Um, John, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Super exciting. Um, Definitely recommend our listeners check it out as well, too. I can't underscore this enough in terms of this being one of the better ways to solve one of the bigger challenges facing software company founders, executive teams, product people in terms of what they're trying to do, trying to bring solutions to market. This is a great way to start collecting some of that data realistically as soon as you can. So especially if you don't have any of that data or you don't have great ways to get it, PickFu sounds like a great way to be able to test some of that stuff out. Um, John, before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about PickFu, connect with you, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Um, anyone who wants to try out PickFu can go on to PickFu, like P-I-C-K-F-U.com, create a free account, play with some polls. 
to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Pigfu is on LinkedIn. We can you can find the company page there, um, and we'd be happy to connect. Awesome. We'll make sure we get all that stuff in the show notes as well, too. Great. Thank you, John. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist, and I can help you scale your business and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P dot I-O. Or visit my website at nextstep.io. That's N-X-T-S-T-E-P dot I-O. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.